welcome back for season two of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you deepen your faith, build stronger relationships, and do the most with your life in Christ. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome back. I certainly hope you are having a wonderful day, blessed in Jesus, given great purpose, and getting better. Since the very beginning of this program, those are the ideas we visited the most. There is a great peace and an abiding joy in knowing that we are carrying out the good deeds for which God has saved us. We are working through personal issues, trying to get better, so that our Lord can will and work in us to his good pleasure. And so, as we get here to the end of 2020, it's mid-December as this episode releases. We only have a few left before the calendar turns over. I've been thinking of what to share with you that can really make a difference. Are there some ideas that we can embrace that can absolutely change everything in the direction of being filled by the will of God to live His purpose for our lives. I'm going to be focusing on that coming down the stretch, and really it began last week. I talked about all of the effort that you and I put in to doing the right things and keeping good personal control and shining as an example for Christ. And what we talked about is there has to be surrender before you fight. You must first understand that with man, it is impossible for you and me to attain some level of transcendent righteousness. Our carnality will not allow it. So we surrender to God. We lay it all out before him. We beg for his help. We plead for his wisdom. We ask for the power of the Spirit's fruit to dwell in us. We give up on this idea of personal strength, and we allow the Word of God to fill us up to the top. Then, when we start fighting for what we believe, we know who is fighting with us. We know what we're fighting for, and I surely hope that that's helped you this last week. But on the surrender side of things, I want to talk to you more about that today. That's the thing I've been asked the most about over the last really couple of weeks. How can I get there? How do I achieve total surrender? What does that feel like? And what comes next? If that is something you are pursuing, I guarantee you are on the right track towards the very best year of your entire life. And I would like to help you if I can. The title of today's episode is Emptying the Cup. And that's the imagery I want you to consider today. Consider yourself to be like a vessel, a cup, that can be filled up with the will of God, with the love of God, with the word of God, with the Spirit's fruit. It is possible for you to be completely filled with those things. And I will straight up tell you, there is nothing that is impossible in Christ when that's what's happening in you. But first, you must learn how to empty the cup, how to remove from that vessel 
the things that are in God's way. And I will just cut through the mystery and tell you that in my life, when there is something in the vessel that is displacing the fruit of the Spirit, it is always me. Self-indulgence, self-life, self-focus. We talk about how the devil is this great enemy, and he is externally through the things that are happening around you. The devil is at work, but the devil isn't the one inside of you keeping God out. The devil is influencing you and me to try and convince us to put ourselves in the middle of the very vessel that God created. He did that in the Garden of Eden when he got Eve to consider what she wanted and what was best for her, and he's still working those same tricks. Now, I don't want you to get discouraged about this. Quite the opposite. I want you to become very optimistic, encouraged, and ready to rock because when you find out what is going on in you that is prohibiting God's work, and you learn that you have total control over this change by emptying yourself, all of a sudden you will know exactly what to do next so that God can begin to do His work in you. To help with this, let me tell you about my favorite Christmas coffee mug. You know, the day after Thanksgiving, we pulled down all of the Christmas gear and started putting it up, and there it was. This beautiful, large coffee mug, perfectly capable of being filled with like half the pot of coffee. I love that thing. But it is unlike any other mug in the cupboard in that there is a large snowman in the middle of that cup like an actual three-dimensional ceramic snowman positioned right in the middle, extending upwards. I like that little guy. He's cute. But the first thing I do is completely cover him with coffee as I fill the cup. But it doesn't take very long in sipping before the top of his head begins to show. And then a little while later, the first section of his body and all the way down to the bottom. So the other morning, I'm enjoying the coffee, and I get to that point, and I'm thinking... What is the purpose of this snowman in the middle of this cup? He is taking up space where more coffee could fit. If you love coffee like I do, you know how big a deal that is. This cup could hold a lot more of this special java. If this guy wasn't here, it could be more full. Now, if you can visualize that, you're ready to take a principle with you after this episode is over. The Bible describes Christians as vessels. So you and I, at least your body, is like that mug, that cup. You have been built to be a container to house something. The Bible talks about this throughout the New Testament. The Apostle Paul in Romans 9 talked about those who are vessels filled with wrath and others who are vessels filled with mercy. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, when it talks about not committing adultery, The text tells us that our bodies are a vessel that are to be sanctified for God. Now, I don't know what you think about being filled with the Spirit. This is not an episode designed to answer the question, how does the Spirit dwell within the Christian? But he does. In Ephesians 5, it talks about you and me being filled with the Spirit. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the Bible says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? So I need you to begin to see that God made you as a vessel that can be filled up with something. We can see that we are to be filled up with the wisdom and the word of God. We are to be filled up with the beautiful fruit of the Spirit. And when that is happening... There are so many things God can do with us. But let me ask you this. How are you going to be filled up with all of those great things for God if there is something else taking up space in the cup? Or in the case of the Christian, if there is someone else in the middle, someone else where God should be. The snowman in the coffee mug illustration is not totally unlike the imagery that Jesus used in Matthew chapter 23 when he was talking about the Pharisees. He pictured them as a vessel, as a cup, but he said, you're dirty on the inside. I want to pour clean, fresh, living water in you, but there's dirt there. And so I need you to get that out. We can't even begin to put living water in you until we get the dirt out. Otherwise, the water will be tainted it will be compromised, and it will have to share you with something else. So what is that dirt that they had there? Well, in Matthew 23, 25, it says self-indulgence. They needed to get the carnal desires of the flesh, the self-life, out so that Jesus could do his work. And that is the snowman. Listen, you are the cup the vessel made by God to carry good things, but the snowman is the self-will, the self-centered desires of the flesh, and self-centered is what they become. And as long as I let them live there, God cannot truly fill that cup. He has to work around them. And while we can cover them with God's will for a little while, eventually they start to peek through and show up where more of God should be. So it occurred to me as a chief component of surrender that before I can ask God, please influence me, help me, make your word real to me, let the fruit of the Spirit take over my life, I needed to give him the space to do it. You know, if you go to Galatians 5, you have those nine incredible components, love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Can you imagine the kind of life we could live if we were overflowing with those things? But in that same text, it talked about the deeds of the flesh, those carnal desires, the lusts that we have, the envying, the fighting, the idolatry. And to the extent that I make the effort to get myself out of the cup, I believe God can do amazing things in me and through me when given the space. So now, when I face temptations, when I'm in a difficult position and I find myself getting mad or losing focus, I try to take just a few seconds and ask some important questions. This feeling I am having, who is that about? Is that about me? Is this some connection to the fleshly lusts or insecurities that I carry in the flesh? 
what if for just a moment I took the snowman out of the cup? I just removed all of these carnal feelings. And God, if he were to absolutely take over my body, I'm not saying that he does this. I'm saying if he did, you became a vessel controlled by him. And he looked at this same situation. He was in this exact conversation. He was dealing with this exact same trial, except with a complete measure of the Spirit's fruit. What decision would God make through me for his glory? At that point, I can put myself right back in the situation faced with the temptation or struggle and I will know exactly what to do. That is where we want to get. And when we do, nothing will be impossible. It won't be, how will I handle this situation tonight? When my spouse and I get into this argument, when I'm tempted towards this immorality, when I'm stuck in traffic, I don't know what I'm going to do. It won't be, I hope I do the right thing. It will be, if I can remove my self-will If I can give God space in me, victory becomes contingent on God's will living through me. What sin could overcome that? So I want you to think through those types of self-removal questions to create clarity and give God room to fill your cup. I have a Bible passage that I think you would really love to study if you want to know more about this. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses maybe 19 through 26. It not only introduces this concept about cleansing the vessel, but it gives three specific things that we will need to remove if we hope to allow God to do his best in us. So let's dig in on this a little bit. In 2 Timothy 2 and 19... Everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Now, in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now, I haven't read you the part about the three specifics yet, but do you see where we're going with this? God has all kinds of great work to do in us, but we must make the choice to abstain from wickedness, to cleanse it out. And it just so happens that all of that wickedness dwells in me when I make things about me, about my desires, the lust of my eyes, my flesh, and the boastful pride of my life. So he goes on to say, let's get three things out. What is this wickedness we seek to abstain from? Number one, flee from youthful lusts. Whether we're talking about sexual lust, immorality, fornication, adultery, or maybe even things like jealousy and envy, youthful lusts are self serving pursuits that are not of God, and all they do is answer the immature calls of our flesh. I want what someone else has. I want whom someone else has. Again, what if I purged myself of that? 
What if the next time that started to creep in, I stopped and said, wait a minute, that's about me. And not the spiritual me, that's about the physical me. That's the part I died to. And here I am trying to fill myself up with God through prayer and worship and Bible study, but I am allowing myself to dwell in the middle of this cup with all of my fleshly desires. If God were holy in me, he would never pursue these things, nor will I. The second thing in the list is super interesting to me. He said, refuse foolish and ignorant speculations. So it's interesting in this letter. Paul repeatedly tells Timothy to read the word, read the word to others, study the word, learn the word, and share the word. That's a great way that God fills us up. But what if I am so enamored with things that I cannot even prove, with things that are speculation, with things that only cause arguments, with political debates, with conspiracy theories, with religious unanswerable questions? What if I'm always trying to know something or prove some point or change someone on things that either don't matter or can't be known? And maybe you know someone like this, a lot of wasted time. But what is it really about? All of that is about my pride, isn't it? It's not about learning God's word and loving the word and shaping lives with it. If I was filled with that, it would be limitless what God could do. I need to empty the cup of that wastefulness that is not about heaven, it's about me, and let God fill me with his spirit by filling me with the word. And then the third thing the text says needs to come out to cleanse the vessel is a quarrelsome spirit. That speculation leads to arguing, fighting, and controversy. I'm not real sure how the fruit of the spirit that is love can fill us if we are argumentative and divisive. Sometimes we get angry, sometimes we yell, sometimes we fight, sometimes we treat each other poorly. Let me just ask you, who is that about? Maybe one out of every 10 times or something, it's actually about the integrity of the Lord, but most of the time it's just about me. I wonder what God could do with my influence if I wasn't a fighter for the sake of my own pride or whatever it is. So let's start there this week. I hate to leave you with empty cups, and this same text talks about seven tremendous things that God can fill us with if we prepare ourselves for him. Lord willing, I'll get to that next week. That episode will be called Fill My Cup. But as for now, let's get ourselves out of the middle of this thing Prepare for God to do great things by emptying the cup. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.